Hello, everyone, and thanks for joining us again for All Things Evangelism podcast. I have the pleasure to be here today with a friend and ministry colleague, Julian Archer. He is our North New South Wales Conference um, Project Manager. Is that right? That's the correct way to say it? Yeah, that's spot on. Project Manager for our conference. We we praise God that, that we get to be members of a conference that is in a lot of ways visionary and um, ahead of the game in, in, as far as ministry and outreach. Uh, I've been very privileged to be here for eight years, and I'm still privileged to be here, um, where we are investing in discipleship training like Arise. We're investing in uh, centers of influence like we see in Newcastle here through the Seeds Ministry and what we see up in Manahaven. Haven. And, and you get the awesome job, uh, Julian, of basically being on the you know, in the, in the, I don't want to say the driver's seat because God's in the driver's seat, but kind of being a real initiator, uh, mm. creative evangelistic approaches. Um, yeah, mm. cool stuff. Hey, it is very, it's very exciting. You, you just get to see the, the front line and you, you see people in the community being blessed, but you also see our own members just getting fired up and just, you know, coming in from the front line going, Oh, you won't believe the conversation I just had, or you won't believe someone's coming along the church or, you know, it's just that, it, it That's, right. Yeah. That's right. And so you, you know, you and I, Julian, I don't think that we would claim expert status um, yeah. when it comes to evangelism and outreach ministry. And when it comes to soul winning, which, sorry, seed sowing, which is our topic of discussion today, our, our mm-hmm. podcast today is about how to effectively sow seeds in the community. We know that if we don't sow seeds, you're not going to reap a harvest because planting seeds, um, you know, uh, basically harvests uh, are precipitated by planting seeds. And so, um, but we wouldn't claim that we were experts, but we've seen God work and we've learned a bit in our time as Adventist Christians and as you know, disciples of Jesus. Um, but before we get into the, to the discussion, brother, about seed sowing in particular, um, your journey is interesting. And I wondered if you could maybe share with the people listening just for a minute, just your story, your You've been an Adventist believer for many, many years, and you found your way into working at the conference in, in an interesting way. So could you just share? Yeah, sure. Look, about yourself? Uh, look, I grew up in an entrepreneurial family, and uh, we ran a lot of different businesses in different fields, uh, and God really blessed, and uh, we ended up selling the last business in 2007, and I spent a bit of time, time retired and, and just uh, hanging out with the family and doing um, just ministry things for personal ministries, and uh, completely loved it, and then one day, the conference rang up and said, hey, we believe your children are no longer at school, you have no, no more excuses for living in Queensland. Uh, come and live in New South Wales, and we were like, <laughs> "Sure, yeah, yeah, okay." And uh, and it's been a real blessing. Uh, I often I look across at Melinda and I say, "Babe, I'm in my happy place." Yeah, <laughs> because oh, so good. because as, as as you pointed out, you know, this is a conference that is really trialing and and testing the the, the front lines and the cutting edge evangelism and, and seed yeah. selling and, and and different things. And so, yeah, I'm really excited to be here. We're not afraid to give things a go, and you know. God invests gifts in the church, all of the church. And I think it's, it's wise, it's smart to realize when God has gifted certain people um, that can really be useful to the mission, you know? So yeah, you know, you to me are an example of, of uh, how we should do things. And, you know, when a conference sees that a person has talents and abilities out there in church land that could complement the mission and, and help, uh, lead the way with us. We should just uh, bring them on board. Like I think it's just really smart. And so your entrepreneurial skills are, are a huge blessing to ministry. And I, I think we uh, we should do this more. Get more people like you involved in, in leading out in ministry. But uh, okay, brother. So seed sowing. Um, let's start with what just just the Bible. Okay, we open our Bibles. We want to discuss the topic of seed sowing. Where do we find ourselves? What text of scripture? Obviously, we could start with some of the obvious. Where do we go and what does it teach us about seed sowing? Oh, look, for me, I, I think the most obvious place to jump in would be yeah, Matthew 13 or, <clears throat> or any, anywhere that that parable is recorded. Yes. Uh, of the sower went forth to sow. Yeah. Uh, you know, and Jesus just pointed out, he, he goes through this whole seed sowing exercise and he gives all the details and you can 
you can imagine it and you can see the seed falling on this type of ground and that type of ground and, and you can just, um, you, it's just so visual and so beautiful. And, of course, right in the middle of it in the Matthew 13 section, he, he says why he speaks in parables yeah. and that, that it's actually there because that's how people remember things and it's also how it gets into their heart. And yeah. so it's, I think the parable of the sower is a great place to start. It's interesting because Jesus is teaching through the parable itself, but that like by precept, he's teaching through the parable, but then by teaching in parables, he's teaching by example, <laughs> how to sow seeds, right? He's very yeah. clever, this guy, you know, he's telling a story yeah. that has spiritual, eternal um, truth in it. And you could just be an interested listener just going, well, this yeah. is a really interesting story. And then you're getting God's ideas and God's thoughts in your head imperceptibly you know jesus is the master he's he's the greatest seed sower there ever was and and the parable of sowing seeds is the perfect seed sowing parable yes (laughs) it's so good it's it's yeah he's a you know have you ever met those ministers who can just tell a story and when Mm -hmm. you're listening to them there's a when you're listening to them you're just in it man you're just in that story and then they come to this conclusion of the story and you're just like the bomb drops, the penny drops, and you go, like, whoa, and like eternity opens to your mind. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. like what Jesus was doing, hey. That's it. And that's a seed right there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. there's 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 an evangelist in the United States who I remember as a kid, and his name slips me right now, but man, he was a good storyteller. So that's what Jesus was doing. He was, he was teaching a parable about seed sowing, and that parable has really good lessons for us. But at the same time, when you see his example, that's an example of seed sowing in telling that parable. That's cool, man. That's a really good thought. Okay, so you've got in the parable, what, three different types of soil. But then you've got the wayside, right? So the sower goes forth to sow. And so you've got the some seed falls upon stony ground. Uh, some seed falls upon the wayside. Some seed falls upon ground that has thorns in it and then some seed falls upon good ground so you could say four grounds but really three and then the wayside and then the seed that goes into the good good ground it, it produces a harvest yeah um you were saying to me before we began to to record that that we can sometimes sow seeds like in the wrong way right or mm. in, in does this parable highlight that at all yeah, look, the parable sort of takes, I guess it takes a couple of things for granted. One, that all the seed is good. Yeah. Uh, because it says that the seed is the word of God. Right. And the word of God is good because God is good. Mm-hmm. So we, in, in reality, <laughs> for us, though, we have to be careful that we're sowing good seed yeah. because it's, it's really easy to think, oh, everybody needs to know this latest conspiracy theory or or latest tidbit of theological argument or, or whatever it is. Oh, well, it's about the word of God. It's about prophecy or whatever. I've just got to sow this far and wide. And we think we're sowing seed and we think, we think we're a seed sower. But the yeah. parable is very clear and it says that the seed is the word of God. Yeah, that's good. So, so you know, right up front, if we're in a seed sowing ministry and every Christian is, every Christian has been mm-hmm. called to sow seed, uh, we've got to be on our knees saying, Lord, show me the seed to sow. Show me what your seed is today for this situation or this opportunity or whatever it is. Yeah. Because my human nature will sow rubbish. Yes. <laughs> you know, it'll sow rubbish seed every time. That's my, that's my default human nature. Mm-hmm. So I've got to go, Lord, I just want to sow your seed. And that's what yes. the sower is doing, of course, because he's a good sower and he's got good seed. Um, so, so I think that's something important that, that, you know, has to be addressed at the start. What am I selling? Yeah, that's it. I love what you said about conspiracy theories and I'm not someone who likes to pick on other people. I, I don't, I don't like it in the church when, you know, somebody may be an Adventist and, you know, by and large, they believe the right things. They, they love the church. They love the message and they, you know, they kind of lean to the conspiratorial side and then everyone kind of bashes them. Um, I feel a little bit sorry for those kinds of people because who's perfectly balanced, right? Like who's who's perfect in everything that they do. So um, I I never like to discourage the the sincere, but at the same time, what you're saying is so powerful to me. We're not called to sow conspiracy theories and YouTube videos presented by people who are really excited about, you know, the new world order. Mm -hmm. Like 
we're called to sow the seed of God's word because that's where the power of God resides. And it's through his word that the worlds were created. And it's through his word that the heart of a fallen person is recreated. And so Mm. if we really want people to be born again, we've got to get the word of God inside of them, not just some, you know, theory concocted by a really excited conspiracist. And uh, yeah, I, I really, really appreciate that point. You know, the devil can get us to sow lots of seed. <laughs> that's not seed. It's not God's word. It's not what you're called to sow. I really yeah, love yeah. that thought, man. It's so powerful to me. Because remember, there's also another parable where Jesus says, you know, the sowing of the tares as well, you know, who yeah. sowed this? Well, the enemy sowed it. Yeah. And, you know, and I, I just gotta be really careful that I'm not being used by the enemy to sow tares when I think I'm sowing wheat. That's right. Because uh, I'm out in the field and I'm throwing seed around, but yeah. it's only through God's power and his dwelling in my life and my heart that I can actually be sowing what he wants me to sow. That's good. Amen. So the, the sower, according to Jesus, sows the word of God. Yep. The word of God is central, and that's what we're to be sowing in our, quote, seed-sowing ministries. So we couldn't say that we're sowing seeds unless we're in our seed-sowing ministries planting God's word to some degree in people's hearts. Yeah. Um, okay, so the parable has the various different kinds of ground, and it's only the good soil that produces. Actually, we couldn't, we might not want to say that. Uh, three of the four soils produce, but only one of the soils produces a harvest. Mm-hmm. So growth is found in, in all of the grounds, besides the wayside ground, which is, you know, yeah. you know is stolen by the birds. For those of you guys who are not familiar with the parable, you have... Uh, a sower sowing seeds, some fall upon the wayside, some fall, fall upon stony ground, some fall upon a ground with weeds, and some fall upon good ground. And Jesus says that the, the seed that falls on the, 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 the stony ground, it, it grows real quick, but then is beat down by the sun because it doesn't have any, any depth of earth there. There's rocks under the ground. And then the seed that takes uh, just sprouts out in the field that has thorns is choked out by the thorns, which represent the cares of this world and all that stuff. And then um, the, the ground that's the kind of the wayside, just the seed of God's word gets stolen away by Satan because it never gets to take root. This teaches me, and I'll, I'll just throw this out there and you can comment on it, Julian, because I think you'd have things to say, but you know, if you've got this information in front of you and you're a local church or a local church member, To me, one of the things this screams out, this parable screams out to me, Matt Parra, if you want your seed sowing to be effective, you need to do whatever you can to number one, find good ground (laughs) or create good ground. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I think that's a clear message in this parable because you should sow seeds wherever because the parable kind of gives that indication, like sow your seeds, you know, some's going to fall here, some's going to fall there. Yeah, And some will, will happen upon good ground and it'll produce. But yeah. if I'm doing targeted ministry, you know, focused evangelistic outreach as a local church in a community, I'm going to ask the question, where's good ground? Or, you know, I'm, I'm going to, first of all, I guess I'm going to say, I'll sow my seed everywhere. We'll, we'll, we'll sow seeds. And we'll, we'll talk about that, the practical stuff in a bit in the second half of this podcast. But so I, that's, we'll sow seeds. Okay. We'll pass out tracks. We'll, invite everyone. We'll share on the radio with everyone. We'll do everything we can for everyone to hear. But at the same time, we're also going to do everything in our power to develop people's hearts. Yeah. So that there'll be good soil. That's right. Can I I illustrate that with a parable? Yeah, (laughs) of course. (laughs) I was actually given it last night by Glenn Hughes. We were chatting about some of this stuff. A mate of mine up here. There's these guys, right? They're, they're corporate, farmers in that they they live in high sit in high-rise buildings in the city and they decide they need to create a super seed and it's got to be a seed that can withstand drought and floods and fungus and hygiene you know hygienic problems and birds and and all the rest of these super seeds because then they're just going to have these incredible harvests and so they they develop this super seed and they go out to their fields and they test it out and it doesn't really do anything more super than any, any of the other seeds, you know, that they yeah. sort of started with. And they do this for a few years and they spend millions of dollars and, uh, yeah, it's not sort of really working. And, <laughs> yeah. and what, but while they're out there sowing, they, they look down the road and have, where they drive past every time they go to the field and there's this field that's just fantastic. Every season, every year, they just get this super crop. So they pull in there one day and they, 
find this old farmer and they, they say, hey, buddy, here's what we do. We develop super seeds and we've been trying it up the road and it hasn't been working real well. And what, what's your secret, man? Have you got a super seed? What's your secret <laughs> seed, you know? And uh, can we have some of your seed? And he says, oh, you know what? I sort of don't worry too much about the seed. I, I focus more on preparing the soil. Mm. And, uh, and that's, that's exactly what you're talking about, where you say in our local churches, yes, we have to sow the seed through radio and, and tracks and whatever else it is. But if we don't have something that's preparing the hearts, then the seeds are going to be falling on stony ground or the wayside or, or whatever it is. But if we have some sort of practical Christianity where we are showing God's love in practice to the people around us, they know it's genuine, it's pouring out of our hearts, we're just loving people, then you can get a half dodgy old sunburnt seed, <laughs> you know, a verse, a verse that isn't even, you don't even think it's missional and it can fall in their heart and, and boom, it just can grow beautifully because the soil is ready, the moisture is right, everything's ready for any seed, any, any, anything from God's word can fall into that receptive heart and it's just going to grow. But, but you're right. We've got to, as, as congregations, as individuals, prepare the soil. That's so good. Yeah. Amen. You know, the, there's this verse in, this is, I'm going to come to the point that you were just making, but it says in Ecclesiastes 11.6, it says in the morning, sow your seed in the evening, don't withhold your hand because you just don't know what's going to prosper mm. this one or that. So you find in this verse, this idea of, okay, we can't see the spiritual. I mean, we, we can see the indications of the spirit. Jesus clearly teaches that in John 3 to Nicodemus. You know, he says, you see the effects of the wind, and he's comparing the wind to the Holy Spirit's work. So you see the movements of the spirit in people's lives, but we can't see all that's behind the veil of the, of the physical. We don't know. So we can sow seeds indiscriminately, and the Bible supports that. The Bible endorses that. But at the same time, the Bible does not in any way, shape, or form oppose the idea of, um, of cultivating the soil in our communities so that our seed sowing would be more effective. Yep. And um, there's this verse in Hosea, and it's just talking about, it's talking to the Israelite nations, and it's in verse 12. And basically, God is saying, I'm going to pour out righteousness on you guys, and I want you to plant the seed of righteousness in your hearts, but you have to kind of cultivate the ground of your heart to get, you know, the stones out so that my word can kind of take root in you and grow and you can, you know, be all that you were destined to be. And so th that, that is a message to God's people, but it would apply to any human being, right? So yeah. I should know as a person through what scripture says that some hearts are receptive and some, some hearts aren't. And God compares the human heart to, to soil. To, and, and he, you know, uses that agricultural analogy to describe evangelism and soul winning. And so we're just, we're intelligent people. We're led by the Holy Spirit and we can say, okay, well, let's, let's do lots of community service, preparatory work, uh, cultivating ministry that meets people's needs and, and blesses their lives and love them. Like you were saying, um, provide service for them and do everything in our power to say, we're here for you. Yeah. And we, we truly genuinely care about you. And we're going to do whatever we can to show that. Mm -hmm. um, and that, that opens hearts. You know, my, my wife, she's a consummate soul winner. And she's such a soul winner. It's like, it's, it's unbelievable, really, to tell you the truth. She's not a professional soul winner. She doesn't like being in a position of Bible worker or evangelist. or She doesn't like that stuff because she doesn't want to feel like she's kind of pretending to be your friend. You know? yeah, yeah. She, she's just a real friendly person. And yeah. More, I would say that I've never been a member of a church with my wife where she hasn't been the person who brings more people to church than anyone. <laughs> it's the truth. All of our, yeah, like yeah. in Caves Beach at our church plant, we've had Bible workers. No one's outperformed my wife in bringing people to our programs. And that this is not a competition statement. Yeah. And the reason why is because she just makes friends. Yeah. And like they're friends. Like she loves them. She's friends with them. She cares about them. She asks them questions. Yeah. She invests in them, and it's cultivation ministry, right? Let, let me guess. She mingles with them as one who desires their good, shows them sympathy, ministers to their needs, wins their confidence, and then invites them to church. Would that yeah. be a, a familiar model? <laughs> it's true. It's true. And But, you know, with her, too, like a lot of uh, – amen, amen. I, I say, say amen yeah. ten times to that. But 
to add to, to this, she is the most unashamedly spiritual person. Mm. Everybody she makes friends with knows she's a Seventh-day Adventist minister's wife and she loves Jesus. And she came to Australia because God called her here and she thinks Jesus is coming soon. They, they probably at first think she, they, you know, this is so sweet. How cute, you know, this little religious girl, but she takes herself seriously. She genuinely cares for people and they like her and she becomes their friends and voila, you know, we're doing a, a kids club at uh, the Caves Beach. I call it Caves Beach, the Coast Life Church Plant. And uh, she's got like three of her friends coming. She just told me yesterday, she's like, yeah, so-and-so's coming, so-and-so's coming, so-and-so's coming. <laughs> and we're going to sow seeds in the hearts of their children uh, and in their lives through the ministry that the church is performing. And it was, and those people are going to allow that and be favorable towards us because Sharice mm. uh, is their friend. Mm. And our kids are in ice hockey together, you know, with one family and yeah. talk to the husband of Sharice's friend, you know, uh, her, her girlfriend all the time. And yeah, there's something to that. Hey, um, okay. So brother, uh, is there anything scripturally we want to kind of highlight before we move on to the practical stuff? Cause we could talk about, so what I want to do after this is let's chat about practical specific ways that we can share with our church family. Hey, I've, I've seen this be a great way to sow seeds. I've seen that be a great way to sow seeds. Um, yeah, yeah. anything else we want to cap off before we move to that kind of segment? Yeah, look, I was just thinking of, um, you know, Galatians 6, 7, whatever you sow, you will reap. Uh, <laughs> and that in, in the context there, we're, we're to sow good deeds. We're, we're to sow, I think you were looking at uh, Hosea there before, was it sowing righteousness? Yes. Sow right doing in your hearts. Um, and, yeah, this, this practical Christianity is so important for, for preparing the heart. Mm-hmm. Then, then, you know, Christianity, life's a balancing act, isn't it? Because we can be so focused on preparing the soil that we forget to sow the seed. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we can get so busy doing our, our running our centres of influence or our food pantries or, you know, whatever it is, and, and making sure that everything's there and everybody's happy and everything's good, that we forget to put the word of God. Integrate it. Integrate it. That's right. And and you know, I, I think um, you know what Therese is doing there is she's she's not building a friendship and then having to bridge them across to some ministry event where they're going to get some seed sown. Mm-hmm. She right at the front, she's blending. She's blending her faith yeah. in the beginning. So so there's no great leap. She doesn't know them for six months and then go do you want to come to church? (laughs) And they go, what was this all just a front, a farce? Because like you're saying, she's genuine. She's not, she's not, she's got no ulterior motive. She's just loving people and being friendly. And, and, but she's doing that in an open way Mm. with the word of God out there in her life and, and, and speaking of God and, and, and all that right from the start. So she's, she's not bridging, she's blending. Yeah, that's uh, brilliant. Yeah, that's good. Sorry to interrupt you, bro. I've never heard that statement. That's amazing. Yeah, well, I think it's just it's really important for for us as we as we prepare the soil. We've got to be we've got to we've got to know what we're doing. You know, yep. as we go, we've got to we've got to got to have that end in mind. But it's actually there in the whole journey. You know, happiness. What do they say? Happiness. Happiness is not a destination; it's a journey. And it's the same with this. If we just think we're going to finally get to a point where we can mention God's word, well, we may never get there because we get so busy building the relationship or, or whatever. So it's just something I'm, hey, I'm only speaking from experience, bro. I just, you know, I've fallen in these traps and I still fall in them. She's blending. She's not bridging. I yeah. think that's, that's power. Like, yeah. Um, you know, there's this, uh, this statement in first Peter one, I think it's verse 23. It says, give or take a verse. I'm, it's right there within that. I think it might be verse 23. Peter says, uh, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but through the incorruptible word of God, which lives and Mm. abides forever. Mm. Now we know that Jesus was an embodiment. He was the the living word of God, or he is the living word of God. He's God's thoughts expressed in a human person. Perfect Mm. reflection of the image of God uh, in that person of Jesus. So, you couldn't be around Jesus without 
seeds being sown into you because that guy was the embodiment of God's thoughts and words and actions. You know, he's, he's God in mm. form. Mm. Um, and so Christ is supposed to be in us. That's the hope of glory. And the new covenant promise is that the law of God's written in our hearts. And Jesus says, we're the lights of the world. And so, and Jesus says, if you abide in me and I in you, you'll bear much fruit. And so there's this natural reaction to being connected to God where you're, you're expressing him, you're shining him, you're, you know, speaking him through your words. And it doesn't mean that you're like feeling this crazy pressure. You got to convert him. 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 So that you can't really be their friend where you're just like pretending to be friends. So you convert, so you can even convert them. So you can convert them. Mm-hmm. No, of course you want them to be converted because that's what anyone who loves another person would want. Because why Maybe. would you want them to come to eternal life and to yeah. have an abundant life that Jesus gives? So of course that hope is there that they'll be converted and fully come to faith in Christ. Mm-hmm. But you're you're not being, but, but you're just being friends. You really are being a friend because you love people and care for them. But that doesn't mean that you're hiding your light, you know, because you are who you really are in Jesus. And so you can be free and, and do that stuff. So, yeah, wow. So, hey, could we let's talk about some maybe practice. I think a lot of a lot of people who are going to listen to this, who listen to our podcast, are evangelistically savvy people. Yeah, so yeah. probably not going to say anything new, but it's it's OK to to say things um, that we've seen work and ideas mm-hmm. that we have. Right. Because when we as brothers and sisters in Christ share ideas. And concepts that we spark each other you know we provoke each other to good works and good thoughts and, yeah, yeah, yeah. and so is there, are there things ways of sowing seeds <coughs> have found to be really effective I, I would imagine maybe prophetica would be a great way yeah. to, so see I, mean, I don't know do you want to share some yeah. seed sowing methods yeah well th- see that's an interesting one because it's uh, prophetica being an evangelistic style program is, is seen more as a harvesting sort of thing people think oh it's evangelism you bring all the people along and it's a harvesting but because it was only two days, it was really just seed sowing. Mm-hmm. But what it was doing, it was bringing, getting people from surrounding churches to bring their friends from the community along to have some seeds sown, uh, you know, some more seeds to, to, to increase their interest. So, yeah, that, that's certainly one, one way of doing it. Yeah. Um, hey, define, the, define Prophetica for the group, just in case anyone's not heard of it. Yeah. Right? Yeah, so Prophetica is a, uh, it's like TED Talks for two days. Uh, and and that's, I probably need to define that too. <laughs> they're, they're, they're 20-minute talks and then a 10-minute question time we had after that. Very punchy, very fast on health, on family, on you know marriage, on Bible prophecy, on world events. Um, what do we have? 16 presentations over 48 hours in a central venue. Uh, yeah, and yep. you know, it, was a re- it was a real blessing. Um, you invite yeah. the community to come and hear some really great information about health and about yeah. family and, and all yeah. this stuff. And so people That's come because right. they're interested and they sit down and yeah. package sessions together that yeah. have spiritual elements and that have just purely health-based elements. And so a person comes and they're interested in health and then they get the seed of God's word sown in them because it's part of the yeah. same presentation package. Because it, because it was blended. Yeah, it's right, right, right from side. It's all in the blender together. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. all there. Yeah. That's yeah, so that's, that's that's certainly one way. You know, something I was I was thinking too though, uh, and you know, and I think listeners will be able to relate to this because as you say, people listening to this are pretty evangelistically minded. Yeah. You know, we look back on our lives and we we see where we've made mistakes in seed sowing. And I know one of the ones that I've made is, you know, you're so you're so desperate for somebody to ask a spiritual question when you're out there in the community. And then they ask one, something like, um, Oh well, Julian, what do you think's happening in the world? Or Julian, can you tell me something about the book of Revelation? <laughs> oh well, I, I just back that seed truck up and I just dump eight tons of seed. <laughs> and and then and then they don't respond to my texts. You're like, <laughs> a, like a volcano ready to explode. <laughs> that's, right. truth. <laughs> that's it. And and I, and you know, that's something I, I you know I personally have to be really careful with and 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 I have to be reminded that God, God's given me two ears and one mouth. And yeah. Julian, if they're asking a question about revelation, you've just got to, just got to control yourself. Woo there. And just, just answer something. Just say, Hey, look, it's yeah. the most beautiful book about Jesus Christ. I mean, it's right up there with the gospels. I think of it as a fifth gospel. It just, it reveals Jesus so beautifully. And then that's it. And that's my answer on revelation and tell me about revelation and then let them say, well, I heard something about plagues or something. 
Can you tell me something about that? You go, yeah, and, and go back to Jesus right. again. And, you know, let them sort of draw, draw them out rather than dumping all the seeds on them. Um, just, just let them ask the questions, listen, and just speak a word in season, plant a seed in season. This is interesting because Ellen, you know, there's this Ellen White statement that I have in, in some class notes from Arise when I, I teach a class on, on the cycle of evangelism and seed sowing is a part of that. And it, it's where she, she says, I can't quote the quote, but she says, you do not feel the need to tell people all the truth at once. Like <laughs> you just, you do not have to just you know, dump a whole bunch of information on people. And I guess what you're describing is the equivalent of not sowing a seed. It's planting a tree. So in seeds, you take the seed, the small little seed of God's word and plant yeah. it in them. And then you begin to foster the growth, nurture the growth. Yeah. But you're not taking a fully grown tree and like planting it in their hearts. It just doesn't fit. <laughs> yeah, that causes too much pain. <laughs> that's right. Like, that's a good point. And, you know, earlier in our conversation, I was thinking about that. That I think it's 2 Timothy 2.15, where Paul says to Timothy, uh, study to show yourselves, uh, yourself approved before God. A workman that does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Mm-hmm. So Paul is communicating to Timothy that if you are a careful student, a diligent student of God's word, that's going to, you're going to then learn how to rightly divide the word, mm-hmm. how to carve it up appropriately. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah. The more competent, I shouldn't say competent, the more knowledgeable you are of scripture and the more serious you are in studying scripture the better you become at rightly dividing it and if you know how to rightly divide scripture you'll be more prepared to dispense of scriptural truth better right Mm -hmm. have that wisdom and that knowledge and i think jesus had that by the way when in luke chapter four when he was in his hometown of nazareth and he was teaching in the synagogue he quotes isaiah and he says, the, the, basically, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. And then he says, to preach the good news, to, to heal, to deliver the captives and all this stuff. And then he stops. Mm-hmm. He stops at that point after just saying, the spirit of God's upon me, and I came to heal and deliver and to bless. Mm-hmm. And then it says, he closes the book of Isaiah, and he sits down. Yeah. Now, if you go to the actual passage that he reads in Isaiah, he only reads half the passage. He divides the passage in half. And the second half of the passage talks about the Messiah executing judgment. Mm. So he takes a passage of the Old Testament that applies to the first and second coming, mm. divides it in half, and since he's there at his first coming, yes. he just I'm here to bless everyone. Yeah, he doesn't do anything about judgment or executing justice or anything like that. Yeah, yeah, right. So yeah. he rightly yeah. divides the word of truth due to the audience that he's speaking to and the, what he understands about his own mission. Yeah. So I feel like that's a perfect example of seed sowing in just the right way. And, and you know, it's funny because nobody can do it perfect. We make mistakes, but it's, it's important to try our best mm. and realize that you don't feed someone, you know, 15 items from a buffet you know, at the first sitting, you know, little piece, little piece, yeah. get them interested, address their questions, ask them maybe if they want to learn more. Let's keep talking yeah. about it. Yeah. Great. I love this. Um, consider how much they can understand right now how much can they handle be mm. smart be wise be savvy yeah you know it's funny i think this is a random statement bro and then we can go on to like more practical methods but i remember when i was a kid i was such a savvy soul winner and what i mean is i would want something from my parents like you know a certain gift or a certain privilege and I would like case out my parents. I'd watch them. I'd observe them. I'd study them. I just do this naturally, intuitively. And I'd plant little seeds, you know, I'd kind of work them, prepare them, milk them a bit. And then, you know, drop my little questions on them, my requests, you know, whatever. And, uh, you know, my, my mom was a fox, you know, she's hard to out kind of wit and manipulate. So she'd always, you know, kind of find me out. But it's amazing how, naturally gifted I was at preparing the soil of my parents' heart. 
to kind of get them to do what I wanted them to do. And so I, I know we're not all wise and experienced with soul winning, but I think we all have experience that's sufficient to help us to know, um, you know, how far we can push people and how much we can share with people. Um, yeah. We can share too much with people. And I think we all know that intuitively. Mm-hmm. I think we should trust in, I don't want to say this and sound a little silly, but I think to some degree we should trust our intuition, our social intuition, and know that, okay, we're sowing seeds here. We're not preaching massive sermons. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think that, that reminds me of um, uh, Ministry of Healing 143, I think it is, where Ellen White says that if we spend more time doing personal ministry, so, you know, mingling with people as one who desires their good and showing them empathy and sympathy and that sort of thing, and less time sermonizing, she says, less time <laughs> sermonizing, then there would be greater results for the kingdom. And, you know, I, I personally have to be careful of that uh, because I, I have that evangelistic desire and, uh, and, I, and I think, man, if I could just get this person and get them to listen to me for an hour and give them a sermon, then they'd yeah. be right. But our wives, like Cerise and Melinda and that, they're like, oh, don't put me up in front of anybody. You know, I, I don't want to be up the front. Yeah. But they're, they're just loving on people. And, and they're, you know, you, you can see them in conversations where they're just, they're, it's heart to heart. You know, and it, it reminds me of Goethe, the, the German poet. He said that that which is uttered from the heart alone will win the hearts of others to your own. Wow. And, uh, you know, whereas I'm more like, let me get some stuff out of my head into your head and we'll, and we'll, be, we'll be in the kingdom. But That's the Bible says, no, no, we're trying to put God's word into people's hearts. And the way that we're going to do that is from, from my heart, which, you know, got to be born again, Nicodemus, all of that. Mm-hmm. When I get that new heart, then God can use that new heart to touch another heart and another heart and another heart. There's that, yeah, there's that Ellen White statement where she says the our our success does not depend so much upon our knowledge and accomplishment as it does upon our ability to reach the heart. Yeah. Yeah. Is this yeah. like that, that, that French, that was a French poet said? Uh, German, I think Goethe. Yeah. Wow. German would say that. That's amazing. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I say that. as <laughs> You're getting in trouble, man. We'll yeah. have to record it. I was programmed as a child to think that were unemotional i've learned differently i've been to germany what 10 times so i love them yeah. so brother uh one of one of the ways and i'm just going to throw this out there and you can just share concepts and ideas one of the best ways i have found of sowing seeds is doing concerts spiritual concerts mm-hmm. especially at holiday uh, times so a christmas concert not, not a concert where you're showcasing the musical talent of the musician, but rather where you're showcasing the beauty of the gospel through music and formatting the concert in such a way that you have the end in mind. And the end is sowing seeds and gaining decisions for Bible studies. Okay. Like I, I have seen this work so extraordinarily. I've, I, I just can't, if I'm a local church pastor, I'm doing two or three concerts a year personally. Like if, you know, obviously I'm not, you know, a dictator, but if my church, I'm in trying to inspire my church to do concerts, you know, finding a person who's just a, a heart and soul Christ following musician. Mm. When they sing, God speaks, they're preaching God's word through their music. And you create a nice atmosphere in your church where it's relaxed, it's comfortable. You have some snacks in the foyer. You're, you know, people come in. It's a nice environment. There's some mood music playing. People are talking. There's great greeters there, creating a nice environment. You've got church members bringing their friends. Nobody's worried because the environment's it's not going to be offensive. We're going to talk about hope and purpose and destiny and the worth of a soul and the love of God and the grace of God. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and and so the songs all reflect that. And then you have little, but and then as you go through the songs, the, the musician is playing their songs. It's not like the style of prison. It's not the style of a program where you're having a person say, okay, now I'm going to sing. And now I'm going to sing. No, you just mm-hmm. sing, go from song to song. Mm-hmm. And there's, there's soft light. And the musician tells testimonies. I wrote this song when I was in this place. And I was thinking this and feeling this. And you have one or two little testimonies where church members stand up and say, I was hurting, I was lost, I was divorced, I was upside down, and mm. God reached me, and this is how he reached me. 
And I found his Bible to be true. And I thank God for the Bible and for the hope that I found in it. It was so amazing. And then they sit down and the concert, you know, you make the concert 35 minutes, 40 minutes. You have seven really great songs, two nice little punchy testimonies. It's done. And then at the end, you have a five minute little message from a pastor who stands up and from the heart makes an appeal and says, you've been touched by the heart of God tonight because yeah. you mean something and God has destined you for more. Yeah. And I believe it's not an accident that you're here because you're a child of eternity, you know, whatever. And if you'd like to learn more about your destiny, your purpose, we'd love to study the Bible with you. This Christmas time, you know, Christmas is all about Jesus and, and the, you know, whatever, you know, just preach a little powerful little shirt testimony. And then you, you have a little card say, would anyone like to sign up for Bible studies? Mm. You know, I, I've done this at like four or five different churches personally. And then we did this in our conference where we did a concert tour about five years ago. Yeah. And every single time without fail, you get people who said, yep, sign me up. I'd love to study the Bible. And it's very clear. It's like, I'd like to study the Bible. Yeah. And um, because music is powerful, mm -hmm. it disarms people. It, it opens yeah. them up. It's interesting that you say that because uh, actually just last night I was in the front yard of um, of the Byron Bay Seventh-day Adventist Church with the Menahaven Cafe on the side uh, and Glenn and I were just, just praying and trying to work out how we can use that front yard yep. to, to win souls. It's right on the footpath. There's people walking up and down the main street the whole time. We've got this little bit of grass and we were just setting up a projector and testing some sound gear and all the rest because uh we have this vision that one of the things we want to do there is musical concerts we were and hey let this be an invitation if, if you're out there listening and and you'd like to maybe be involved in this sort of ministry let me know and uh get in contact with matt or whatever um because yeah we would love to do that out the front over spring summer early autumn when the weather's good just touch people's hearts through the the love of god because that, that that seed as you rightly pointed out doesn't have to be in a sermon, that, that word of God doesn't have to be preached. It can be sung. No. It, you know, it can be lived. And so, yeah, no. like putting the, yeah, it's beautiful. Have you ever been involved in like health expos? Or sorry, I can't yeah. remember Adrian. Oh, no, all good. Yeah, yeah. A president named Adrian and a project manager named Julian. And yeah. I get it mixed up. I, I get it all the time. No worries. So, uh, yeah, I have. Yeah, very, various types. Um, so really small ones, you know, 20, 30 years ago, you go off to the agricultural show in your town and the, the Adventists have a little tent and they do your blood pressure and check other things and then yeah. give you a health book and, and that right through to the big ones in the US where there's literally, you know, 300 people queued up to come in and see dentists and physios and get yeah. a new pair of glasses or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, look, I, I think it's the, it's the right arm of the gospel. Um, and I think, as a place for seed sowing to occur yes. through giving out of brochures or the word of the, of, of the dentist while, while you, he's giving you some free teeth, teeth work yes. and he's just planting seeds of love of, from God's word uh, in, in your life. You know, I think that bringing, bringing that side of health in with the seed sowing is very, very powerful. And and would you what do you what would you say to church members who would feel like a, church, a health expo? That's a big deal. It's really hard to run. You need a bunch of doctors. You know, is yeah, that the truth or no? No, look, I, I would uh, I'd tell them in our conference to talk to Camilla Scaff and yeah. just say, hey, look, our church is interested in running some sort of a health expo, yeah. uh, maybe for children in the hall one day on a or on a Sabbath afternoon or maybe for the community in, in general or whatever it is, she's got all the resources. She's got the banners. She's got the brochures. Yep. She, she can run you through it. If mm -hmm. you want videos to play, it's, it's all there. It's a, yeah. You don't have to be a doctor. You don't have to be a specialist on diabetes or whatever. Mm -hmm. Just talk to Camilla and, and she can give you that info. You ran a health expo with us up at Rise last year and not this year, 2020, but 2019. And it went amazing. We had a lot of people from the community and, you know, you're just giving them a health assessment, you're talking to them, being friendly. We had a person there giving massages and that was really nice. I got one of those for free. It was great. Um, actually, no, I think I paid her. But anyways, um, it was awesome. And at the end, we give them this health assessment and 
we would say, hey, look, your stress levels are really high if the person had high stress or whatever. And we would just offer counseling services. And we say, hey, we've got a pastor that's on site. And we actually had a, a professional counselor there too. We have a counselor and we have a, a, a Christian pastor. If you'd mm-hmm. like to maybe talk about your life, your circumstances, we're happy to just chat. And I would say one in four people who went through would say, sure, I'm happy to have a chat. And I, I sat down with some of the people that came through. And it's a funny thing because you're not, they're just coming to you and saying, yeah, I'm stressed. Mm. And I'm a pastor and I'm saying, and we're just having a conversation. And we start to talk about spiritual realities and emotional realities and the need to care for yourself on a spiritual level, not just on a physical level. And mm. how health is not just, you know, your mental and physical health are combined. And, and yeah. we got Bible study. People, when I say we got, I'm not saying we were trying to get studies from people, but people receive Bible studies because of that, because mm. we, we discovered through that interaction that their hearts were open yeah. and they saw through the expo that we cared about them. Yeah. And they were like, yeah, sure. You people have done this for me for free. And I've spent an hour with you going through these different booths and these people are really nice. This is great. I like how I feel. And I like how you people are caring for me and boom, right there. And lots of people would say, yeah, I'd love to study the Bible with you guys. And one lady studied with a, a guy who's studying theology now, who was at Rise that year, and uh, she committed to baptism. Mm. She came to that health expo. Yeah, fantastic. That's where the seed was kind of planted. Yep. Um, yeah, it's really good. Hey, something else, David Halt, he's he's our community service director. Yep. And he's an evangelist, that guy. <laughs> and he knows how to sow seeds and runs a lot of mental wellness kind of outreaches and stuff. Yeah. His programs, I think, are one of the, uh, one of the most, the best ways to, to sow seeds. Yeah, yeah. Anyone out there who is thinking of seed sowing ministry, Pastor David Howell, yeah. I, I would consider him a very, very capable seed sower. And yeah. his ministries are very evangelistically savvy, and but but never offensive. Like it's yeah. always good entry-level stuff, you know? That's right. And and it's interesting too, because, you know, for example, it's programmed depression and anxiety recovery. Yeah. That's, yeah. The, you know, a lot of those hearts are already good soil as in and they're, they're crying out for hope for for the word something to fill and and to grow inside them to push out a lot of the darkness and and things they're battling um so yeah th- those programs i think they're some of the most effective for bringing people through and and they're they're often spiritual from the start now i'm not saying they're, they're throwing the bible at people right from day one but they the people are already in that space the, yeah, all yeah. of the spiritual truth that's out there. The spiritual that's right. Truth. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's that's there. And, and again, with the health ones as well, and we're talking about blending instead of bridging, if you're going to do a health program, throw, you know, open up Daniel 1 right at the beginning yeah. and say, hey, guys, this is the, this is the oldest double-blind clinical placebo trial ever done. I don't, I don't know if it was double-blind. It probably was, actually. Um, <laughs> but, you know, this is, this is like 2,500 years ago. Let's have a look at this. And you've already, right at the start, without without offence, open up the Bible, and, and you know you can go on from there. So, and and same with the mental health and those. There, there's things that you can bring out of Scripture uh, straight away. You know, Proverbs is just a mental health goldmine. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So it, it can be blended. Yeah. Sorry about that. No, no, you're right. You got- I thought you were done, and I got excited. Forgive me. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, good. Hey, let, let me let me give you another example too, because you know you, you mentioned David Helped, and of course he he oversees um, a lot of excellent food pantries and op shops and and different you know, practical frontline ministries around the conference. I think he's got about fifty of them. Uh, well, he doesn't have them. He's he's just supporting the churches that have them. Yeah. About fifty churches, and you know he, at Manor Haven they've got uh, the cafe there as well. And I, I just want to give you a really short story. There's this guy and his wife. They're, they're in Queensland, they're on their motorbikes, they're riding back through uh, Byron Bay. They stop there f- for a couple of days. She's in a dress shop. He's sitting on a, a seat looking across the road and he sees this sign, Vegan Cafe. And they're in a stage of life where they're going, hey, you know, we're trying to be more healthy. We're trying to change a few things. Uh, and so she comes out of the shop and he says, why don't we go there for lunch? So they go into this Adventist cafe. Didn't, didn't even know that it was Adventist at that stage. They meet this really lovely guy, Bryce Wegener, who's the chef and he's making them their food. They, he's all smiley and friendly and they're like, hey, he's a cool guy. They go and sit down with their meal. They, they look at the table beside them. Here's a guy with long hair and bare feet working on his laptop 
and they're like, well, this is Byron Bay. This is you know, really cool. Enjoying this. But then they look on his screen and, and it's scriptural stuff. And so they say good day to him and uh, they go, oh, hi, you know, and he mentions his name's Josh Newbegin. Yeah. And, uh, and they have a bit of a chat and he, they look inside and they realise they're actually sitting on the edge of a church. And they go, oh, is this actually a church? And he says, yeah, yeah, I'm the pastor. Uh, and, and between it all, Bryce and, and Josh, they invite this couple along to church, which was the next day. And they're like, yeah, hey, we're here on holidays, we'll come. So they go along to church, have a free lunch with everyone after church, a potluck. And then that afternoon or the next day, they get on their motorbikes and they keep heading home to Victoria. That's a seed right there. Yeah. Now, it's, there's a whole lot of things around. I mean, it's like a, it's a massive seed planting machine. When you're running a, a, an op shop or a food pantry or a cafe or whatever, it's, it's yeah. a seed planter. It's planting seeds all day. Um, but, you know, they went down to Victoria. They, they went along to a, a Christian bikey thing and they see a guy with um, Adventist Motorcycle Club or something on his, on his vest and they walk straight up to him and they say, hey, Adventists, we, we met some really nice Adventists up in Byron Bay. Tell us more. Well, of course, now, six months later, they're baptised and loving the Lord, just yeah, yeah, yeah. a whole new life and all of that. And and it's just, it's the life cycle of a seed. And, and now, you know, I get a text or an email from them saying, hey, if you ever open one of those cafes in Melbourne, we want to be your first volunteers. And oh, that's the that's the harvest cycle, you know, going going right through where they now want to tell other people and, and, and do the ministry yeah. plant seeds as well. Uh, so he, he was unintentionally seed sowing. and. I guess you could categorize seed sowing in that way. There's intentional seed sowing and there's unintentional and unintentional. It's not, it just simply means you're being yourself. Yeah. You're just being a Jesus follower who is open to the moving of the spirit and the people that God brings into your life. Yeah. And then the intentional would be, okay, Hey, we're going to take these 50,000 tracts and distribute them because it's the COVID crisis and they're, they're about health and wellness and all that stuff. Excellent. That's so good. Hey, this brings me to the last thing I wanted to say, and then probably better let our friends go for the sake of time. <laughs> and we have work to do too, don't we? But we, a big burden of mine is to communicate to people that seed sowing is not so much about the how you sow. It's just about sowing. And I guess a better way to say it would be there's an attitude of seed sowing that's more important than the act itself. And because it, because you can deliver seeds in many different ways. So Josh Newbegin can go surfing and sow seeds, mm. right? Someone could be interested in weekend basketball, like club and go sow seeds. Uh, a church member could just be passionate about exercise and decide to take tracks with them and give them to all of the people that they meet, you know, run by as they jog, you know? Yeah. Sowing seeds, um, we can do it, as I said, intentionally as, as a church through functions and, and you know, organized ministry projects and like health expos and concerts and stop smoking programs and all of that stuff. And that's good. That's, that's, that's great. We should do that. I, I like doing that. But we can, but, but seed sowing isn't so much about, hey, do this seed sowing ministry or that seed sowing ministry, you know, have a cafe um, versus do literature evangelism ministry. Um, all of the, of the above works great and can be utilized in a, in a very effective way. Uh, I think, but, but what the most important thing is just being a seed sower, being a, a, someone who's willing to dispense God's word. And I know that, that 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 takes us out of our comfort zone a bit, but we can, I think as individuals, we can all start with just simple things where we say, you know, I'm going to say, God bless you to like three people today. <laughs> you know, God bless you. You know, I'm going to go to the, the Coles or the Woolies and, and just say to the checkout person, I hope that you have a, a blessed day. God bless you and walk away. Okay, they'll look at you strange, look at you, whatever, but you'll get more comfortable just saying spiritual things to people. Mm-hmm. I say this not because I think saying God bless you is the best way to sow seeds, but we have to become comfortable as people being seed sowers. Yeah. If we're so terrified of sowing seed of God's word in the circumstances that we're in, then we just can't be seed sowers, you know. We I guess I guess a, a, another way I could say this too, and um, I think you're. I think you, do you get the point that I'm making? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So, like, I can have a neighbor. His name is John. He walks his dog. My kids pet his dog all the time. He's really old. I think to myself all the time, just go to his house. 
because he's old and his wife is old. They're going to die soon. They're lovely people. They don't get lots of visitors. And they're just sitting there in this house thinking, I really don't want you to die because you're my wife and I love you and I need you and you've been with me for 50 years. That's a hard place to be, right? But to know that there's a nice family three doors down with three cute little kids who come over regularly and bring you, you know, baked goods and nice little cards and, you know, love from the para family. And we're thinking about you guys. If you ever need us, let us know. And we do do that. Um, But I'm always thinking about them and praying for them in the stage of life that they're in. They need that. They need that support and that prayer. And they need to know that they're loved by their community. And so we're, we're wanting to provide that to these people. And, uh, you know, John comes by, my kids pet his dog. He says, how you doing, man? I said, man, I'm feeling so blessed. God's blessed us today with this weather. I'm feeling so good about it. Okay. And then I'll leave it there. He might respond. He might not respond, but I said what I said. Um, we might be in a conversation, John and I, and I might say something like, John, man, you know, I think a lot about, about God. You know, I'm a pastor. I think a lot about God and the Bible and you're a man of wisdom and you're a man who's had a successful life, a successful career. What do you think about fill in the blank, what the world's going through at this time? And what do you think about, you know, origins and God? And I, I don't have to be super direct. I can be a little bit indirect, but I can ask questions. And so there's lots of different ways to approach people is what I'm saying. And I think we as individuals just have to be comfortable being spiritual if we're going to be soldiers. We don't have to be like you're saying, turn on the fire hose and open their mouth and shove it in. Yeah. Um, and I, th- I think you've hit on something really interesting there, Matt. And it's probably a bit too late in the podcast to bring it up as a whole new topic, but yeah. we can often plant a seed by asking a question. Yes. You know, Jesus did that all the time, asking a question. And, uh, mm-hmm. and it, it, it takes you from being seen as someone who's always, uh, always got the answer. I know what's right. You don't. I'm going to give it to you. You just ask it and let them share and then let that relationship grow from there. Yeah. The inquisitive seed sower. Yeah, yeah. Being truly yeah. people, being yeah. very inquisitive, and you really want to know. You really yeah. want to learn from them. You want them to express their own thoughts because the Holy Spirit's in them, working around them. And oftentimes, it's in answering your questions that they find out whether they agree with their own beliefs or yeah. whether they want something more. And That's it. Yeah, it's brilliant. Well, man, do you want to have any closing thoughts? Because we're done with this podcast, and I want to give you the, the chance to – to take us home. Oh, mate. You don't have to. Oh, no, look, look I, I think, you know, the, the one thing, whether it be the, the way of preparing the soil or whether it be the fertilizer or whether it be the rain or whatever, I think the thing that embodies everything that that seed needs and everything that that seed is, is the love of God. Mm. No matter which way you cut it, you know, you were just talking about the inquisitive seed sower, genuinely interested. When we have God's love in our heart, we just got to look at the life of Christ. You know, when he went to the, to the woman at the well, he was, he was ready to plant seeds. But the reason he was so ready is because he had the love of God in his heart and he just, he, he just loved her. And, and he, he just wanted her to have life to the full. John 10, 10, 10. That's what he came for, to give the abundant life. And, uh, yeah, whatever we do, Whatever seed we're sowing, however we're sowing it, whatever season we're sowing it in, whatever method of planting we're using, it's got to be encased in the love of God mm-hmm. and enveloped with God's love. And that's just going to make it germinate so much more effectively. Mm-hmm. Amen. And may God help us not to be afraid to love people because to love people is to risk yourself, risk yeah. seeming foolish, risk seem, being misunderstood, yeah. acting kindly to your neighbors and giving them gifts and saying nice things to them and raking up their yard, you know, when you're raking your yard and then you stop. Sometimes I'm blowing off my, the leaves off of my, my street and I get to my neighbor Chris's driveway and I think maybe he'll be in, I want, I want to blow off his leaves. He doesn't have a blower. His leaves kind of pile up. He's got it. Anyways. And then I think, but maybe he'll be insulted. (laughs) don't blow off his leaves. He might take that as an insult. Like I'm trying to say, you don't keep your house clean enough. No, 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 no. I'm just going to blow the guy's leaves off. Cause I love Chris and yeah. we're friends and we talk a lot and he's a great guy. Yeah. And I think and I'm eating a meal and I think, man, maybe we should, you know, the older people down the road, they're like my friend, John, they're, they probably, let's make them some soup. We got yeah. this big potter. Let's take them some soup. They're yeah. older. How much, the, you know, they cook. I don't know. But anyways, Oh, but maybe they'll, 
You know, you always think of these reasons why not to love people. Yeah, yeah. And it's the devil, I think, because, and it's also our insecurity, but may God help us to be brave enough to just love people, mm. show them that we care about them and, and open ourselves up to rejection. Um, but then we'll know more about Jesus, right? Because he loves everyone and gets rejected like all the time. <laughs> That's right. but, uh, but, yeah, yeah, we'll find receptive hearts for sure. Well, you know, thank you, brother, for joining me. And thank you, everyone, for tuning in to All Things Evangelism. And uh, you can find us on Spotify. And you can subscribe to this podcast, everyone. Or you can go to, I think, yeah, we're on Spotify and also Apple podcasts. I think they host our podcast as well. So um, if you want to hear us, just uh, subscribe and uh, share this with your friends and family. And uh, God bless you all as you seek to be uh, the evangelists that God's called you to be. Take Mm -hmm. care.